Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. The creators of Wagertainment. We bring you none of the hot take BS. We bring you best. We bring you sports. I don't care about bragging rights. It just introduces more volatility into the equation. I don't care about victory laps. Stop it. Please stop it. <laughs> Throw the football into the floor. The BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Yes, indeed it is. You Better You Bet. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, it's awesome to be here with you on the BetQL Network. Every game here, Game 7, especially this weekend, Conference Championship Weekend in college football, and a great slate in the National Football League, plus all the other sports as well. Every game, Game 7, here on You Better You Bet. And we don't give you the hot take BS on this show. The BS we bring you, bets. And sports coming to you live today from the usual spots, the Odyssey app, the BetQL app. We'll be simulcast by our friends at Stadium from 4 to 6 Eastern time. We're on YouTube at youtube.com backslash Odyssey Sports. We're on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash BetQL. And we'll talk more about YouTube and Twitch and those chats coming up in just a second. We're also heard on radio stations nationwide, including Satellite Radio, Sirius Channel 160, and XM 205. As Ken and I are here, we bring you the wagertainment. We're talking all things sports betting. Proudly presented today and always by the king of sportsbooks, the great people over at BetMGM. Download the BetMGM app and visit BetMGM.com. And do so on this F3. Two, three words, two words, three words, three words that all start with the letter F. They are phenomenal. Just ask Lil Wayne. Phenomenal. Football Friday on the first day of December in the year of our Lord, 2023. It's the holiday season. Christmas almost here, which is really awesome. Uh, and to me, this is like, we're, we we are like way in the home stretch now for the NFL season here as we enter week 13. Can't believe it's already December. Uh, December 1st in the year of our Lord, 2023. Our show on Twitter, at You Better You Bet. I'm on Twitter and the gram, at the Costos, T-H-E-K-O-S-T-O-S. And Ken Barkley, your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper. He's on X, at, so, celebrating the holiday season right, uh, on X, at Lockie Lockerson. And on this phenomenal football Friday, we'll bring you four Phenomenal guests. Some call them the Four Horsemen. I don't know. I don't know if I would, but some call them that. Sam Paniotovich will join us from Ness and Fox Sports and the Chicken Dinner Podcast. Sam has a bunch of bets for the NFL and college football. Sam has also guaranteed a winner for the Chuckle game today. Chuckle on a three-game losing streak, as Sam pointed out to me in his text to me earlier. Sam has guaranteed a Chuckle game winner. No, he didn't. He didn't say that. But I feel like it's a good sell no. for the segment. Sam will give us the Between, Chuckle game. Uh... Princeton, Princeton, and like the New Jersey school for the 
hearing impaired or something. But a Fordham. And, 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 and Fordham. <laughs> and my alma mater. And, some, and it'll be like a WWE match and Fordham comes in with like a steel chair at the end. It'll be really fun. So Sam Paniotovich will join us. Our pal Anthony DeBundo will join us from the Wonder Goal podcast. He'll give us soccer bets for this weekend. He's got a wild wear in the world. He sent it to me earlier. Um, just around Europe. Soccer bets for this weekend, EPL and otherwise, with Anthony DeBundo. We'll get prompt bets for Week 13 in the National Football League with our stadium teammate, our pal Brad Evans from Live on the Line. Brad Evans will join us in the third hour of the show. And then you'll hear the glass, and you know it'll be your bookie's ass. Uh, including Sebastian Maniscalco, who apparently is like starring in a new show on on HBO Max or Max or whatever they're calling it, called Bookie, which I feel like is going to be very funny because he's very funny. I just thought that was like, where did this come from? A show about a bookie on Max with Sebastian Maniscalco as the lead, which it looked pretty interesting last night. Saw the commercial for it during Thursday Night Football. Anyway, uh, when you hear the glass, it's your bookie's ass. PJ Glasser from our BetQL Network. PJ will stop by giving us his college football bets and NFL bets for a very busy weekend on the gridiron. Plus... P squared, B squared on the way for next week's games, week 14 in the NFL, involving the participants of a pretty badass game last night on Thursday Night Football uh, between the Cowboys and the Seahawks with Dallas winning at the very end despite Mike McCarthy doing his best to screw it up. The Seahawks travel to San Francisco to play the Niners for the second time in three weeks. And I have this slated. We'll talk about Seattle and like the bottom of the NFC playoff picture. Like, are the Seahawks going to make the playoffs? And if not, who gets in as a result? And uh, the Eagles... We'll travel to Dallas to take on the Cowboys next Sunday night. Big-time MVP showdown with Dak Prescott and Jalen Hurts. We'll give you our early thoughts on both of those games ahead of San Francisco and the Eagles obviously playing this Sunday. We'll also talk NFL Most Valuable Player, I'm sure, where Ken, I know, was uh, was, was watching with bated breath the end of the game last night. Dak Prescott leads the Cowboys to a win. He's awesome in the process. Everyone's talking about Dak ahead of Jalen Hurts, you know, trying to hold serve on Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers. Hurts now plus 180 at BetMGM. And Dak plus 375. We'll talk a little NFL MVP in hour number one. We will board the locomotive a little earlier on the show than usual today, 4.20 p.m. Eastern time. Go ahead, make your make your pot smoking jokes. We'll board the locomotive at 4.20. All of Ken Barkley's bets for conference championship weekend in college football on day five of Lockmas again at 4.20 p.m. Eastern time. And we told you that we were going to have a new social element added to the show today. Um, tweeted this earlier from my Twitter account, at the Costos, retweeted by Ken, retweeted by at you bet or you bet. So as the show continues to evolve and move forward, especially after football season, we're going to have like more interactive elements of the show. You know, we have designs on maybe having like a, a phone call element, whether it's voicemails or live callers, like more interaction with you, our listeners and viewers on social platforms. And I'm not even just talking about like Twitter or Instagram or like people that use TikTok, whatever. Like for the YouTube and Twitch chats, people that are in the chats every day, like huge fans of the show, want you to feel like you're more of a part of things, right? And have a voice in the show. So... We're going to try something out today, coming up at 5 o'clock Eastern time. So if you're in the chats right now and watching, and we'll tweet the mess- this message out, whatever, um, head on in, youtube.com backslash Sports, twitch.tv backslash betql, and hashtag have your voice be heard. Or, or at least write something that's good enough and we'll want to read it on the air. And we want you to make the case, hashtag make the case. I don't know if that's what we're going to end up calling the segment. We'll figure that out also. But make the case for your favorite football bet this weekend, NFL or college football conference championship weekend. So not just like, oh, well, I like Alabama plus five and a half. 
Tell us why you like Alabama plus five and a half. We'll shout you out. We'll talk about it coming up at five o'clock Eastern time. So get all of that in. Our intrepid executive producer, Alex Fasano, will be combing through the comments to find the best ones on YouTube and Twitch for uh, Make the Case is the tentative name for the segment. We'll do that at five o'clock Eastern time. And then at six o'clock Eastern time, power hour, final hour, bets of steel, abbreviated slate tonight, hashtag on the ice. We'll hit you with best of the best in the NBA, where I feel like I might want to just like bet NBA props, especially after the way last night went in the end. NFL. Not great. Some t- the real the tough luck losers on a bunch of bets. And then all our side and total bets. Week 13 NFL Sunday. We're locked and loaded here. Phenomenal Football Friday. A lot going on. Great to be here. Ken Barkley, how's it going? Yeah, going great. Uh, ahead of I'm, I'm actually kind of glad there's there's not a lot going on tonight. NBA, NHL, so many games. Last night, 22 games, whatever it was last night, because I think it kind of sets the stage for like I, I can just sit and watch Washington and Oregon like championship weekend starts tonight. Uh, New Mexico State also plays uh, against Liberty and people be like, who cares about New Mexico State and Liberty? Uh, you should if you listen to the show during the fall, because Kanish came on and said, I like New Mexico State to win. But I forget this conference, the conference USA, whatever it is at like 150 to one or like 80 to one or 100 to one or whatever. I have a ticket on this. I didn't even know I had it until last week. I messaged him again. I go like I keep forgetting I did this for like a couple bucks and it's live. They're a 10 and a half point underdog to Liberty, but for people who have followed, and I, I say this like not actually jokingly, New Mexico State this year, this is the team that went to Auburn a couple weeks ago and got paid like $3 million to beat Auburn. Like Auburn Slammed is a pay right. game. They're supposed to go there and lose and they trucked Auburn and they're like kind of rolling right now. Like they're actually really good. I believe they lost to Liberty earlier in the season and Liberty's like the best team in the conference by far. So actually kind of like a sneaky fun appetizer, really, especially for some of us on the show. A lot of us bet this ticket, uh, bet this team to win their conference at a big price. And honestly, a lot of us are looking for a way to get out of that bet by betting on Liberty at some point. Hopefully if like New Mexico State's up seven, nothing in the game or something like that. And then like the Pac-12 tonight's going to be awesome. Like I can't wait for it. Like will Bo Nix kind of secure the Heisman Trophy? Is that what tonight's game is about? Or is Daniels more alive than we think? Who gets the playoff spot? A playoff spot will literally be determined tonight, which is really cool. Don't have to wait till Sunday for the college football playoff committee to tell you the winner of Washington and Oregon will be in the playoff. I think no matter what, I don't think that's a particularly controversial opinion, no matter what doomsday scenarios are out there uh, depending on who wins and loses so NBA NHL do kind of take a backseat tonight and they don't always do that on a Friday uh, especially if Joel Embiid doesn't play against the Celtics and but I kind of like that because I I think it's again me in the game right hashtag me in the game me and the Pac-12 title game that's that's what's on tap for tonight tell you what man the committee doesn't put the uh, the winner of the Pac-12 title game tonight into the college football playoff it's a hell of a plot twist Said the Pac-12, they want, yeah, you want to dissolve the I mean, conference? It, it can what? happen. No, no it super can you. happen. Yeah, like it can happen. But it's just like, I mean, basically it would be, you know, uh, like uh, Michigan wins, Alabama wins. That's what you would need. And the idea that like undefeated Florida State would make it and both SEC teams would make it instead of the the Pac-12 time. Like if... Uh, assuming that you know, Oregon guess, wins. So assuming that Oregon wins. Like Right. Like if Washington wins and they're undefeated, like that's just that's a wrap, I think. Um, and I think it's a wrap for Oregon, too. They're rated so highly. So, I, again, this is why I'm saying like a, a playoff spot is very likely like 99 percent of the time at stake tonight. And maybe the Heisman Trophy is at stake, too. You don't usually have a game where a playoff spot and the Heisman Trophy are at stake in the same game. Um, so pretty cool. Pretty excited. Absolutely. Can't wait for it. Can't wait for all the games coming up tomorrow in college football and 
Ken, I, I think this may have been like somewhat expected, especially as the, the point spread market started moving. But we could hit this right off the bat here, and you'll give us your bet for this game coming up next hour when we board the locomotive. Tate Rodemaker for Florida State, you know, the backup to, um, to obviously uh, to Jordan Travis after Travis was lost for the season. Game time decision for him for the ACC championship game. This is via Brett McMurphy of, uh, of the Action Network, our friend who comes on the show a lot. Uh, Brett was told this by a Florida State spokesperson. They're working through the process with Tate. We'll see what that means coming up for tomorrow's game. Obviously, had the concussion last week, so Florida State down to just a one and a half point favorite in the game. Ken, I, I take it just from the way you've talked about this game this week that this is not not something that comes as a terrible surprise to you and won't kind of change the way you view this game. I just uh, I think we can have we can we can have a conversation about what the difference is between like Tate Rodemaker and I believe Brock Glenn is the name of their like freshman third quarterback who's like a big time recruit, great big time recruit who like college football. And I'll just tell you, like, I this is a armchair, casual college football fan, fan's opinion. I like I watch him warm up. I watch him play. Like he only played a little bit. He's played only a little bit this season. You like watch his tape or whatever. Like I, I came away kind of impressed. I kind of thought he was awesome. Honestly, I don't. That doesn't mean he's going to be awesome against Louisville. This is a big time challenge, and I'm sure he hasn't gotten like any reps up till this week because Travis has been playing and Rodemaker's been the backup. So like it, it does matter. But I think in college football, a lot we we have a really hard time like defining what the differences are. We have a hard time in the NFL defining the differences between quarterbacks sometimes, and we know way more about them than we do about these guys. Like how much of it is the system? How much of it is you know like does how much does a recruiting ranking matter? You know, a lot of a lot a lot of people watch a lot of quarterbacks this year that were big time recruits. Like how was that guy? I was Drew Aller at Penn State, like a five star recruit. Like I Penn State, one of the worst offenses in college football this year. So. Yeah, like it matters, but I look, I, I think people who have listened to the show know that I, I like Florida State in the game. I think they're going to win. And part of my handicap was like, I actually don't care who plays quarterback between Glenn and Rodemaker. Like, yeah, one's better than the other, probably. But I I actually think Florida State has an advantage in like 75 other areas of this. Not coaching. Brahm's really, really good. But um, yeah, just it kind of more of a subjective opinion on the game. I, I don't have inside info beyond what we know about whether Rodemaker is going to play. Maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. Uh, it actually doesn't affect my decision. Well, it does. It affects timing, but it does not affect like probably what the bet is going to be on. In the time remaining in the segment, I think people would like to hear kind of like what your like emotional state was as the Cowboys Seahawks game drew to a close last night. Is Dak Prescott going to win this game? And obviously he played great whether they won or lost, but are the Cowboys going to win this game? Uh, what were you thinking here with your Dak Prescott MVP ticket watching the end of the football game last night where Dallas could have very easily fouled it up and ended up losing like a heartbreaker by one point? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the Seahawks, you you knew it was problematic when the Seahawks scored at the end of the first half. Like, and, not, and didn't kick a field goal, like scored a touchdown at the end of the first half. 21-20, you knew they got the ball first. You knew Dallas's defense, especially their secondary, especially defensive player of the year candidate Deron Bland had had some issues last night in coverage. And, uh, I mean... That's that's R.I.P. That candidacy. It lasted like zero seconds because who was ever even thinking this was going to happen uh, anyway? So they were they were having some trouble. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's 28 20 and I'm, I'm sitting there and look like the the good thing about even at that point, even at 28 20, the good thing about the game was like Dak was cooking the whole game, like from drive one 
he looked awesome. And what you're hoping for, if you're holding the MVP ticket, like, yeah, you want the Cowboys to win. They need to win the game. But you also need them to win, like, a high-scoring game that he plays really well in. Like, if they win and Pollard runs really well, he didn't really gain a whole lot. So even at 28-20, I'm like, well, he's going to throw it a ton in the second half. He's going to pass on every drive, like, the maximum number of plays. And, you know, I think there's a chance for him to have a really good performance. Now, he didn't have, like, legendary numbers because the Seahawks had so many penalty yards that Dak's passing yards are actually like kind of unimpressive given the scoreline of the game. But, uh, but like as good a perform, as good a, a, a data point, as good a game as you could hope for, if you were holding the ticket, like what would you have entering the game last night, you're holding Dak MVP at a big price. What would you have wanted to happen? You would want the Cowboys to win. I think you would want it to be dramatic and for Dak to like be a hero, honestly, as opposed to just like put away a bad Seahawks team and win by margin. You got the best case scenario. They went 41 35. He looks awesome. He comes on the set after the game with everybody. They're talking about being a girl dad. They're like hyping him up. The crowd is chanting MVP while he's on the set. NFL's Twitter account tweets out, is he in the MVP? Like you got 100% of anything you could have hoped for last night. That doesn't mean he's going to win, but just like that was everything you could have hoped for if you were holding that ticket. And this MVP race right now feels like Federer Nadal, like Wimbledon final 2008. Like Hertz had the great shot last week at the end of the game against Buffalo. And Dak kind of like return serve this week. So now we'll see if Jalen can hold serve on Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers. On the other side, we'll talk Niners and Seahawks, Cowboys, Eagles for next week. And the NFC playoff picture as well. Nick and Ken, you better you bet on a Friday. Looks toward Lamb. Shoulder shake. Throws! That's going to be caught by Ferguson. Touchdown. Welcome back to You Better You Bet. Brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. How about that highlight? Mal Michaels featuring the best player in the game last night and Dak Prescott. In all seriousness, Jake Ferguson looks like Jay Novacek out there. The guy's unbelievable, like catching passes from Dak Prescott. And now here's Brandon Cooks also starting to get the job done. C.D. Lamb's obviously an alpha. And getting contributions from Jalen Tolbert, drawing pass interference penalties. If Cooks is going to step up like this, I mean, obviously adds like another dimension to this Cowboys passing offense. Another excellent performance by Dak Prescott. Some would say an MVP caliber performance as the Cowboys beat the Seahawks 41-35, despite... It feels like Dallas like trying to trying to lose the game at the end with whatever the hell that was at the end with their clock management. Uh, we will get to the NFC playoff picture. We will talk the games coming up next week for these two teams. The Seahawks will travel to San Francisco to play the Niners. Good luck. And uh, the Cowboys will host the Eagles on what's going to be the most hotly anticipated Sunday Night Football game of the season coming up next week. A lot to do over the course of the show. Reminder for everyone on YouTube and Twitch in the chats right now, tell us what your favorite football bet is for this weekend. Give us the case for that bet, and we'll talk about it coming up in the third hour of the show, and we'll give you a shout-out here on You Better, You Bet. But Ken, let's talk a little bit more about the game last night. You know, betting thoughts, overall thoughts. Dallas wins 41-35 in an instant classic. Yeah, just... Um the the idea of like the mvp conversation again i'll just go back to so i kind of gave you like just what i thought watching it like you got if you bet dak you got the best case scenario you really did um dramatic game high scoring game he plays great uh all the talk after the game is about him and we should probably actually talk about like the other cowboys and the other award markets because like as dak becomes more likely to win this he's like sucks up all the oxygen in the room like there there isn't anything left for micah parsons there's certainly nothing left for Deron Bland and there's nothing left for CD lamb. Like it's almost like Dak got there first. Like a CD lamb can be awesome the rest of the year. Like oh, this is all we're going to talk about now. Or like Mike how McCarthy this guy should be, should be MVP. People want to make right. a case for him to be coach of the year. 
Absolutely. And a team could win a ton of games this year, could win more games than maybe the guy who ends up winning coach of the year, to your point. But uh, but all of like it's all very singularly focused on the quarterback. And it's it's uh, that's a two way street, right? It's not just that Dak becomes more likely to win as he becomes more likely to win. Other players become less likely to win. Honestly, I really think like Parsons case is very dramatically impacted by the fact that like Dak's more likely to win MVP now. And that's just not what the Cowboys are going to be viewed as like Parsons is a great player. He's awesome. He'd be first team all pro this year. For sure, without without breaking a sweat, everybody will vote for him. First team All-Pro, he'll get votes for this award, too. But just like Miles Garrett and TJ Watt are like the thing on their respective teams. They're the thing. Cleveland doesn't have any quarterbacks. Like, this is easy. <laughs> this is an easy case to make as long as Garrett plays. And if he doesn't, Watt plays. Like, that's what it is. So I, I actually think Parsons' candidacy is like going down the toilet a little bit here, despite the fact it's occurring while the team keeps winning and he's playing well. Like, imagine that. Imagine that mind F going on in your head and right he had, now. And, he had, so and just, he had to play at the end of the game to seal the game yes, for Dallas. But like, and coming out right. of the game, guess what? No, no one's talking about the Micah Parsons play right. to seal the game. Well, it's all about are, Dak Prescott. And if they are, it's like, well, how did Seattle leave him unblocked? Stupid Seattle. It's not like Parsons is so good, right? And, and, it's, and the to funny be fair, thing is, it's pretty stupid. Pretty stupid pretty by stupid. Seattle, to be it's, fair. But the game ends, and they tease after the game that like Parsons and Dak are going to be on the set, and just Dak comes out. I'm just like, well, this is like incredibly interesting and like almost symbolic of what's happening in the market right now. That like, oh, actually, just this guy's going to come out and talk. You know, the guy who everybody cares about. Um, and it's not. It's not even anti Parsons. It's just like human nature like vote, voters are gonna get both awards to these teams we talked about this yesterday and i think it was confirmed by what we saw last night and how that game was covered um that may end up affecting whether you want to bet defensive player of the year come like see if miles garrett's okay this weekend he looks okay he gets a sack all of a sudden like market reopens and parsons is even close to those guys that might be wrong that might this might that might be a time to bet the other two guys wrong. um as long as wrong as long as you know garrett's you know comes out of that game okay maybe you give him you and parsons is going to hold a lot of win probability you can probably wait for a game for Garrett to make sure that he's okay before you make that decision. That market gets more interesting because this market's interesting. In terms of MVP, like, I just want it, like, this is catching fire, right? And it's, you know, love the love the tweets, love the pats on the back. Like, you you nailed it, like, a month ago. Like, this exact thing would happen, and they play. Like, great. Like, like sort of mission accomplished. Like, everything I wanted to happen happened. All that does is it just creates like a coin flip situation against the other guy. Like that's all it does. But we're holding a coin flip where our side pays 40 to one, which is like kind of what you want in this situation. Like we'll talk about the game. The Cowboys will be favored in the game next week against the Eagles. But like, great. Like this plan came together perfectly. And now it's a coin flip for 40 to one. That's what it feels like to me where there's two guys who can win and we have one and it pays huge and he's going to be a favorite against the other guy. Um, so like, you know, is do I think Dak's going to win now? He's a little more likely to win, but like I think you made a, a great comparison, like whether it's tennis or just or just anything else, like just the idea of like there there are two players involved here, and as Dak plays well, he also needs the other guy to play poorly. He does, he needs that, and it's really important for his MVP case that Jalen Hurts loses this game on Sunday. It's really important for his MVP. It's almost more important than him winning. Uh, than him winning the game last night is that like Hertz has to be vulnerable. He has to drop a game. If they run through everybody, like it ain't happening. Even if I want it to happen desperately, and I think everybody wants it to happen, but like the guys, if the guy's gonna go 16 and one, it doesn't matter that like we love Dak. He he's not gonna win. <laughs> like Jalen Hurts is gonna win if he goes 16 and one. So you know, as as happy as I am about what's transpired, this is why the Jake Elliott field goal against the Bills drove me absolutely nuts last week. They just have to lose one of these three, like just one of them, like Chiefs, Bills, Niners. Can you just drop one? And then like you'll then the Cowboys will play you. They can be the other one. Like, great. 
and it didn't happen. And Jake Elliott got out his, you know, three iron and hooked this thing in. And I'm just like losing my mind because I'm a great. They're going to win an overtime. And I'm worried the same thing's going to happen again. And if it happens, then, hey, this was really fun last night, but maybe it doesn't matter a whole lot. Like maybe that's just not a big deal. So, you know, as as excited as I am, as as I'm happy everyone is who bet it. Yeah, our bets have aged phenomenally. You couldn't ask for better results. Still like a giant looming topic question player and the other end of this argument and that has to go really well too and it hasn't gone great so far you know as uh as someone who will have his first child next year and we're gonna have a baby girl and i will be god willing you know hopefully everything goes well happy healthy baby i'll be a hashtag girl dad ken is a hashtag girl dad dak prescott a hashtag girl dad I kind of think that we should put some pressure on the oh, the, hash, the national media here. You, you, no, you, you got okay. you got you, you got you got a daughter, and you're not going to vote for Dak Prescott. What kind of dad are you? What kind of dad, loser, are you? miserable. What kind of dad? Yeah. What kind of dad are you to your to your baby girl to your daughter if you ain't voting for Dak Prescott? Just something something to think about as we approach the MVP <laughs> voting at the end of the season. Let's apply pressure that way. Sounds sounds great. Just to just to tie a bow on this argument, though, because I, I should say this too, like okay, like you're you're sitting there, and you're like, well, I missed everything. What do I do now? <laughs> like I, I missed. I watched the game last night. He looks awesome. Uh, I think this is like the worst possible time in human history to bet Dak Prescott to win MVP. I mean, you couldn't imagine a worse time. It's as big a pop as you can possibly have, as big a price drop as you can possibly have. You're at the end of it. So like it's we're we're done now like there's nothing else that now they're playing the coin flip game like you were already there like i would never ever ever tell someone to bet him right now i i think the really interesting thing is well like if hertz loses the price is going to drop but hertz again we're talking about coin flip games like the idea that like you need a coin flip to kind of go in your direction san francisco's a three-point favorite dallas would be a three-point favorite but like i think the eagles are very live in both games like purdy could be awesome in the game he's 10 to to be fair though I do think what last night did a little bit is it really, I think it very clearly separates Dak and Purdy in terms of candidates, in terms of the discussion about them. And I know people are going to be like, well, that's because Dak just played. If Purdy plays and he does the same thing, the same thing will happen. I'll bet you a lot of money it doesn't happen if it, if it plays Common out sense. the same way. Common sense There's just, says that also, I think. I think that you're that right game's that. not going to be covered the same way. Last night's game was solely about this. That game Sunday is about it's too important. It's about it's about a lot of things. And he will be one of the central figures in it, but it's the Eagles are in the game. He's not the only central figure in the game. It just won't be covered the same way, whether you whether you think that's fair or not. And I I would also emphasize this because we shared some stuff back and forth, Nick, and I see some stuff out there as we come down to the stretch of award season, just like to remind people, like if you see somebody make a case for a bet and and especially starting like right now, right now or like in the next couple of weeks and the case for a bet on an award. Heisman, uh, NFL awards, anything that's like coming up soon that's coming down to the finish line. And the case is like what that person thinks should happen. Like, oh, well, he's first in this and he's first in this. They're doing it wrong. There's a, don't listen to them. Disregard anything that they're saying. Doesn't matter. Like all you should be singularly focused on now with both of these markets, Heisman and then NFL awards, especially NFL, really starting this weekend, but especially next week. Just listen to what the voters are saying. The people who cover the league, what are they telling you they're going to do? It is as an awards better or someone who bets into these markets. It is, who cares what you think? You don't vote. What you think is irrelevant. What you you are stupid. I'm stupid. I don't matter. I'm not. I'm not an important part of the proceedings. I would like to identify the people who are important parts of the proceedings and pick their brain on what they think. 
What are they writing about? What are they talking about? Who do they think should win? So like, even if you think Dak MVP is like stupid, we're, we're at the point of the season where your opinion doesn't matter and neither does mine. Like they're talking about it, therefore it matters. And any of these other awards, if they're going to talk about it, if Russell Wilson's going to start getting pub for comeback player of the year, I'm going to start listening because they're talking about it. And if they're talking about DeMar Hamlin instead and they're not talking about Wilson, I'm going to listen to that too, even though that hurts me, even though I lose money on that. So just like important to keep in mind here down the stretch, we're getting to the point in the season where it's like, and so don't listen to the cases where it's like, well, I think that they should give it to the great, go write a blog, go do a podcast. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like just who the voters, what are they? That's all I care about. What are, no matter how stupid it might be, no matter how bad the decision might be, how unfair it might be. Like if they give it to Dak, but Hertz wins more games, no matter how all of those things it might be, what are they going to do? That's my job to figure out. And if I do a bad job of figuring that out, then, then I failed. Like that's my job. Figure out what I think they're going to do. Who cares what I think? Is, uh, where does, uh, go write a blog ranking like the best insults in 2023 to say to someone. <laughs> I say this as someone who has frequently had blogs, by the way. I say this as someone who understands what that's like. Uh, I, it's just, I, I never it's just wrote the, a I, blog. Like, I, feel like, I feel like I don't have the patience for it, but I feel like I might have been good yeah. at it. Like, you you I mean, were just, very like, good whatever. at it for a while. Like, here, here's a phone. Call somebody who cares, you know, if you have these cases for guys. Like, I just... Uh, you well, know, look, and like, I, can I just, I want to toss something in on this because, like, I'm not as, like, I, I don't pay as much attention. I'm not as good as, at this as Ken is, but, like, I'm able to identify stuff when I see it in the media when it's like, well, you know, I think that this should be what it is. And it's like, even like, you listen to the show, like, you don't have to be like super stud awards b better to uh, be a part of this show and you'll see stuff out there and say, okay, great. Like, you think that it would be like me saying, you know what? I, I really think tomorrow, I think grass should be red. And I think that that's what it should be. And guess what? You're going to wake up and grass is going to be green. Great. That's where Ken's right. Like, go write a blog. Grassisred.com. There you go. That's your yeah, blog. Yeah, I just, it's, it's tough. So I, I'll give you an example, right? This happens in defensive player of the year every year. And someone will have a lot of sacks. That's like a fringe player, like a player who has never had a lot of sacks before. Last year it was Matthew Judon of the Patriots. Had like a lot of sacks. And everybody would start doing this. This these, year it's like, Hunter, uh, right? Or it's make these cases points sure year, right? yeah or like honestly or it was like kind of deron bland was like kind of who it was where it was just like a player who was doing a lot of cool stuff but instead of like listening to what everyone Trevon else is saying Diggs, like right we haven't sure. we even mentioned that right? the Diggs, picks, like, like, two years ago like three years ago yeah. yes so it's there's been it's you know and historically there's been a lot of players who like have a random 18 sack season or something that's happened 16 sack season and you'll see in a vacuum it doesn't even have to be like people like who do content or whatever it's just but i mean like if they're on social media you'll just see these hey like i bet this because this guy has a lot of sacks i think he could lead the league in sacks i think da, 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 da. be like cool uh have you read what anyone who votes or is like connected to the media is saying about the award they're all saying it's this other guy but like you think the guy's gonna lead the league in sex so you just again like what you think as like the per like you're not the voter like, stop. <laughs> stop. That's that type of analysis is great for the first half of the season because you have to try to kind of think like a voter. They're not talking yet. And if they are talking, they're making predictions, which they're really bad at because I and I'm really bad at it. We're all really bad at predictions. So you have to kind of think like them for a while. But eventually you pass the baton to them. OK, I've tried to figure out what I think you're going to do. Now you open your mouth and I get to figure out if I'm right or not. Honestly, like and sometimes I'm not going to be right. So I'm like, oh, man, like seems like everyone's kind of into this. I didn't think that was going to happen. And you got to just change, you got to change gears. Like, great. Last year in the, in hockey, 
the Norris Trophy. I was convinced the first two months Eric Carlson of the Sharks was never going to win the Norris Trophy for best defenseman because he played on the worst team in the league. And that award never goes to someone on a bad team ever in the history of the award. Never does. But we get to like the halfway point, two thirds mark. We have Dennis Bernstein, a guest on the show all the time. He goes, Ken, I got to tell you, if Carlson gets 100 points, me and others, we're going to vote for Carlson. He says that. And what what am I going to do? You idiot. No, you shouldn't. Or am I going to go bet a ton of money on Carlson? Like, what am I going to go do in that situation? Again, just like listen and just change gears when you hear what's happening, especially down to the finish line here. And for people that like that hear that and like don't like that, where it's like, well, well, I think my opinion should matter. Well, like, you know, just accept the reality of the situation and also like just like bet games. So let's say you think Josh Allen should win MVP. You think Josh Allen's going to go nuclear down the stretch. Probably a better bet instead of betting Josh Allen to win MVP, like bet the Bills next week against the Chiefs. Then like you could actually bet, bet your bet opinion. Like, you might, you, and, you might, and you might win, yeah. sure, because he ain't going to win MVP, whether you think he should or not. But there are other ways that you can bet your opinion. It doesn't have to be just on this particular thing that we're talking about with, with uh, postseason awards in the National Football League. All right, we're off to a flying start here on a Friday. Absolutely love it. Uh, on the other side, we'll talk about the Niners Seahawks game next week. We'll talk about the Cowboys Eagles game next week, our like initial point spread projections for those games. And we'll also talk a little bit about, if we have time, we'll do some of the, uh, the bottom of the NFC playoff picture. I think we're going to see a couple surprise teams make it in the National Football Conference. We'll discuss next on You Better You Bet. Lockett comes to the slot. Here comes Parsons, and he forces the pass incomplete, and that will wrap it up. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Just hearing the name Lockett gives me PTSD, betting PTSD from last night. What a frustrating betting night for me. Lockett over 47 and a half. Has that brutal drop. Honestly, like that, that... That drop might like help Dak Prescott win MVP. Maybe the Seahawks win the game if Lockett catches that pass. They end up going four and out, turn it over on downs. Dallas goes down and scores a touchdown, and uh, Lockett would have gone over. And Rico Dowdle goes under by a couple yards, and uh, <laughs> felt like Dallas nine and a half was very possible for them to cover, and then said they win by oh, six. Oh yeah, so that was at uh, the end. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we didn't even talk about. It. We don't have to spend time on like the McCarthy decision making in the red zone about like what that's final sequence of plays. I mean, it's it's like indefensible, honestly. Like it has no defense because it's it's all over the map. It's it's I'm aggressive here and conservative. Here. It's the worst possible situation. Like a consistency is at least what you would want in that situation. You would want the right thing also, but you would also want consistency. Like it's we're throwing to the end zone on third down, which is by the way, like you should actually just be trying to throw the sticks. Oh, by the way, correct, because you get a first time the yes. game's over. Um, yep. But like, but like even calling the pass play, it's just like, you know, I. Up, up six with a minute left and up six with a minute 40 left. Two very different things in terms of what the Seahawks can do realistically. Up six with a minute left is like Hail Mary. Up six a minute 40 is like you can get to like the 30, 25, 20 yard line, take some shots, which they almost did, really. <laughs> like I know that that we played that cut, like Parsons is unblocked. Like, ha, 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 how could the Seahawks do that? Also, if they don't do that and they complete that, Seahawks maybe win the game. Like they really maybe win the game. Everybody watched that game. The Seahawks scored 35 points last night. They couldn't move the ball down. Look what they did at the end of the first half. So I just, it's it's like it will never be talked about because like the Cowboys won, so who cares? But man, like another you know, McCarthy in a big spot is rough. And I mean, you're talking about, we're going to talk about the game next week. We'll talk about, you know, divisional round. They'll draw Philly or San Francisco conference championship. They'll draw the other one, probably something like that. 
you have confidence in a close game, Dallas is going to end up winning in these situations. You know, no matter how good Dak is, just makes it really tough when you see things like last night. And look like, and I think Ken brings up the best point there, which is if you're going to throw on third down, you, you, you throw it like five yards to get the first down because the game's over. Like, like let's a say Lamb catches. Yeah. Like, yeah, correct. If Lamb catches that pass for a touchdown, then like Seattle can go down and score, kick a few, whatever, onside kick. And like, like the game's 100% win probability with the first down. Touchdown up by 10, not 100% win probability. So just get the we first down. We just had this. Zay Flowers. And we, just, and we had it with, with uh, the Browns and the Jets. We talked about it week two last year. There are situations where you get burned by this. Even going for the touchdown, it's like such stupid decision-making. And I'll just, my, my thing with that was, so you're going to go for it on third and throw it, then you have to go for it on fourth and throw it also and just like try and win the game. If your MO is to win the game, then win the game. Then like, then go for it on fourth down and win the game with your MVP quarterback. That's what I mean. And, and so, instead we're like, like downshifting like into conservative down, again. It's like, come on, guys. Right. Like, just, what, are you, what are you doing, yeah. dude? Like, you're throw it into the end zone on third and then kick on fourth. Like, go for it, man. If you're going to show the stones, right. show you the gave stones them the 40 seconds. go for it. People be like, well, no, up three, up six is a big deal. Be like, well, they didn't think it was that they didn't think it was that big of a deal. Like that's just they gave them 40 seconds. Once you give them 40 seconds, three to six, it, like, yeah, it matters. It's not as big as like when you take the 40 off the clock and then you figure out what to do. And a really interesting like an analytics thing. And like, I know we've kind of talked derisively about analytics. I mean this sincerely. And I think our guy Eric Eager has actually shared this. Why coaches at ends of games, why you should never kick a field goal to go up six. Because basically it's like it's like psychological, right? So let's say Dallas doesn't get the first down. Seattle, like, of course, like you'd like to score a touchdown. But like psychologically, like you're playing for overtime at that point. You're trying to get into field goal range and like kick a field goal, send the game to overtime. Whereas you go up by six, like there you're going, you have to go for the jugular and then you lose lose if they score a touchdown so like we don't have to get into like the merits of that just that hey hey mike like go for it on third whatever throw it to the end zone you got to go for it on fourth then dallas ends up sk skating like past that and not losing the game um also would have been great if they would have scored on the third down and i could have covered the spread but anyway that's a story for another time sam paniotovic will join us coming up next hour on the show so will anthony debundo uh for the people in the youtube chat and the twitch chat uh, send in your favorite bets coming up for football this weekend. We'll talk about a couple of them coming up in the third hour of the show. But for now, uh, Kenny, let's fade the music up here, please. The recommends. And let's talk about these two games coming up next week. Uh, the Seahawks, man, it's a brutal stretch. Go on the road to San Francisco next week. They obviously hosted the Niners last week on Thanksgiving. Closed a touchdown dog in that game. Lost 31-13. Now go on the road to the Niners. And another game of the year in a series of them, all involving the all involving the Eagles for like four straight weeks. Eagles at the Cowboys next Sunday night. Obviously, Philly and San Fran have to play each other. We will kind of do this, assuming that like none of the principals involved are injured and get to play in the game. So, Ken, bet, and like normally it's like let's pick one or the other. We can kind of like weave them both together. Thoughts on these two games coming up next week with the Niners and the Seahawks, Cowboys and the Eagles. I'll be really kind of dismissive of the market for Seahawks Niners. Uh, it will almost certainly be more than 10, and that will be correct. And that will not make me want to do anything. Um, you know, the Seahawks will have extra rest going into the game. Maybe that will prove like a small advantage, and we'll see how the Niners exit this game. You say we're doing it without injuries. I do think in some ways that needs to be a part of the conversation because this is like an all-in kind of a game for both teams. Like it's not – you're not going to get up 17 and just run backups for the fourth quarter or something in all likelihood for the Niners and Eagles. Like there's a realistic chance like football's a physical game. Like people are going to get hurt in this game, and it's going to affect these next week point spreads perhaps. Um, but I, I think that one is a projected blowout no matter how way you, what way you slice it. 
it. And I don't think the market for that game is even particularly interesting right now. Uh, 10 and a half, 11, 13, something like that. And great. Next, you know, like what, like what, and you can't tease into a number like that. Uh, I don't want to play Seattle basically ever in that situation. They matched up really poorly with San Francisco. Um, so that's kind of it for that. Cowboys Eagles, honestly, I think has the potential to get even more interesting than than we were talking about a few days ago, where the the look aheads in the market for this game were Cowboys two and a half for the most part, with like one three on the board. Cowboys look great last night. Now there's a couple markets open. They're both three. We don't know, obviously, like Sunday night when like kind of the world openers come out for the week, what it's going to be like. We need to know what happens on Sunday with, like, between the Eagles and the Niners. I think there's like a real chance with how the market for Niners Eagles has operated that if the Niners were to like follow through on kind of the interest in them and beat Philly and, and maybe even win by margin or win by a touchdown even, I think there's a chance that the Cowboys game closes three and a half actually, or even opens three and a half against the Eagles for Sunday's game. Um, it's not just that like the Eagles will be at the end of this four week, absolutely brutal stretch. There are two teams involved here. The Eagles will be in, it's not a bad fatigue spot because it's not like they're playing Thursday or something, but from like a, you know, games where you have to exert maximum effort until the final gun or go to overtime. Like, it's, this is going to be as bad as it gets for a team. Uh, you know, all playing all contending teams to the wire, and now you have to travel to play your division rival. That's a really tough spot. Uh, and I think what makes it even more disadvantageous is Dallas has absolutely no excuses not to play, like, their best game of all time in this game. They are being handed, like, the schedule spot of all time here. Like, Eagles are game four of four of this stretch and traveling. You played Thursday, Thursday, and then have this game all at home. Extra rest. Nobody got hurt last night of significance in the game. I mean, this, like, you got no excuses. Like, I know the Cowboys have choked every big spot basically the last forever with the last couple of coaches. Just like, it has, like, the, the, there cannot be any, like, Philly's going to limp into this game, almost certainly. And the market's going to reflect that, I really think. So I, I just, Dallas escaped really clean last night from an injury standpoint and have extra rest and stay home. Um, Eagles look remotely vulnerable. I think you see more than three, even at open in the game. And, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of what I would want to do. I guess, like, my, my thought right now is I'd want to bet Philadelphia. But obviously, we kind of need to see how the game plays out on Sunday. Like, how do the Eagles look? Do the Niners handle them? Maybe it would kind of, like, influence the way we feel about the game. I'll just say, like, you made a great point talking about McCarthy. And can you trust the Cowboys in a big spot? Can you trust McCarthy in a big spot? And look, last night's game was against Seattle, and I'll always go back to the 2014 NFC Championship game. I bet the Packers on the money line in that game. Packers were the Packers would have won the Super Bowl. I, I, I'm convinced that year, not the Patriots. Um, first two drives of the game, McCarthy settles for like 19-yard field goals with Mason Crosby like on both drives with Aaron Rodgers. And they're up 6 nothing, and they end up losing the game in overtime. Now, there's a lot of things that happen. The Bostic play, obviously, on the onside kick, etc. But, like, man, you can't convince me Mike McCarthy didn't lose that game. I thought that in the moment it was the first guess. So, I'm going to have a hard time laying that number, Ken, with Dallas, even if the Eagles look terrible on Sunday against the 49ers. Because I don't trust the head coach in a big spot. And, like, look... Like, Dax, Dax, your guy, I get it. He's been amazing this season. He's likable. He's cool. Whatever. Also, you know, Jalen Hurts has kind of proven it to us. I think we still need Dak Prescott to prove it to us. And maybe that's unfair, but I, I doubt that I'm the only person that has that opinion. Like, I, I need Dak oh, to show certainly. me in a big spot. I think uh, everything that I said, I want to be really clear. I'm not saying I'm betting Dallas. I'm not saying I love them to win the game. I'm not saying any of that stuff. I, I may not bet the game. 
uh, just that I think the betting market for the game will be very, very, very influenced by like what's happening with both teams, where the Eagles are at the end of this stretch and the Cowboys have a really advantageous setup here and they're probably gonna have a pretty clean injury report. And the Eagles are almost certainly not. Like the Eagles may have defensive linemen down for this game. Oh, and now here comes like one of the most physical teams in the league. It's just, it's not going to be great. Like they can, maybe they escape with no significant injuries, maybe out of the Niners game. It's still going to be pretty rough next week, I think, in terms of an injury report. I just think it is. And we know Hertz is playing her injured anyway. I just, like, I think my point is, I think all of that is going to get into the betting market for the game. Now, if that creates a situation where then you want to play back on Philly for the reasons you just said, like, yeah, absolutely. Could, could definitely see that happening. Like more than a field goal. The, the, t the team that never beats anyone good is going to lay more than a field goal at home against the team that always wins in these kind of situations. Now, to be fair, they'll probably be coming off a game where they didn't win. They might be coming off a game like that. And by the way, if the Eagles, that's, that's my... That, that all that market analysis, that was if the Niners like put them away on Sunday. The Eagles win. Then it kind of gets really crazy because it's just like, does it open three? If that happens, does Probably, the Eagles get right? that right away? Like what, like what is that? If the Eagles kind of like give you signs of life in this game, like, no, no, like we're still like, we're still good. Like we want, we knocked out yet another contender, yet another challenger, you know, result of the game, obviously will have a big impact on next week's points, bro. I think, honestly, that might create a betting opportunity on the Cowboys, if and when that's the case. Can't wait to watch the game on Sunday. Can't wait to talk about it on Monday. And just to pay off something that like we teased a little bit, and we may have not had time to do it on the show today, which is fine. We can do it next week also. Um, Seattle's schedule. Seattle's 6-6 six and six, uh, at the Niners next week. Then they host the Eagles. And by the way, that's not an easy game for Philadelphia. It's like the gauntlet actually continues yeah. for the Eagles another week going to Seattle. So... At San Francisco, host the Eagles. At Tennessee, host Pittsburgh. At Kyler Murray and the Cardinals in the final game of the season. I think they're going 8-9. And, and I think the Packers and the Rams are both going like 9-8. and eight. I th I think the Seahawks are out. Well, and the Rams beat them twice, make it. worth noting. Yes. So even if they have the same record, right? That's, that's an important part of that puzzle, I think. Hour one done, hour two for you. Coming up on the other side, we'll start it. Getting bets for the weekend from our friend, Sam Paniadovich.